I'm giving so far my average rating for this season is a seven point four. Ooh. Um, you and you and Jordan are still both above an eight, but not by much. <laughs> no. So that's where we're at now. Even I'm like, ugh. Let's finish it. Let's just fucking go, I guess. <laughs> like, let's power through this season. <laughs> Hello everyone and welcome to Afterbite, it's a Vampire Diaries fancast, only 10 years too late. This week we're talking about the Vampire Diaries Season 5, Episode 7, Death and the Maiden. Yes! I said this I think last episode and I'm gonna stand by it. This is the only banger episode title in Season 5. Some of them are good, this one's the only one that's like, this is a banger episode title. Yeah, with a banger episode. With a banger episode attached to it, but also like a weird episode. We'll talk about it, but the pacing in this is absolutely fucking off the walls. Yes. This is a season finale in <laughs> <It> episode is- <laughs> seven. <laughs> it is. Oh my, I didn't realize this. Oh yeah, it is. And then the the worst part is, the worst part is, that we do this two more times this season. I can think of two other episodes that are basically <sighs> season finales after yeah. like seven episodes. Yeah, I think this is kind of because even Legacies has adopted this, but Legacies has an excuse. They had a pandemic. Legacies has a whole ass pandemic excuse for why every four episodes feels like a season finale. Yeah. What was TVD season five's excuse? What's the excuse here? <laughs> Uh, they didn't have Julie Pleck. <laughs> I just... Kevin Williamson, gone. Okay, let's talk about it and we'll get into why I find it so dissatisfying. Yay. As an episode, it's a good season finale, but it's not yeah. a season finale. No, it's you know? not. It's, it, it's a thing. It's certainly an episode of the Vampire Diaries that we watched. <laughs> certainly. We certainly watched it. Season 5, what happened to you? TVD? What happened to you, baby? Who hurt you? They went to college. What? It's every I mean, like I know college happens, but like damn. This is like a really every... messy freshman year, huh? <laughs> every like TV show has this like the college growing pains. Like they take the kids out of high school and they're like, oh, what now? And I and I can't believe I'm about to freaking say this. Riverdale actually did good with that. Oh my god. Okay, I... no, wait, hold up. I'm calling you to the witness stand. Cross-examination. <laughs> okay. Welcome to fucking court. What did you just say? <laughs> Riverdale skipped college, essentially. They they didn't do any college. They just like, we're seven years in the future. Have fun. Everyone has was PTSD now. Archie's um Archie's football field war. Yeah. Was that, <laughs> is that what that was an illusion? Listen, to? I'm not saying like it's good, like I was like story like it's some good stuff, but like it's not like this. It's not I mean it's like this. It's all over the place. There's a trash bag murderer, there's a truck driver murderer. They're also singing still. I don't know. <laughs> 
yeah, it's it's good this season, but also again, they had to deal with the pandemic and also had to do so. I'm giving this only way there, but like honestly, like how they did it though, like they just skipped over college, like they didn't deal with it. They they could have easily gone like Betty in college, Jughead in college. No, they're like fuck that. They're all adults now. Cross examination. I- I'm going to I'm going to start my cross examination <laughs> of your statement now. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Do you think they just skipped college because all of their actors already looked like they were 30? Oh, 100% yes. <laughs> 100% yes. Okay, follow-up question. <laughs> what? So seven years. Yeah, I think it was seven years. So Archie went to football field war. Uh-huh. I remember that meme on Twitter. It was great. Betty was in the FBI? Yeah, Betty's in the FBI and was held hostage by a serial killer in a in a basement hole. Like full on. So she silence of the lambs. Yeah. Okay. Okay. What did Jughead do? (laughs) Jughead Okay, we actually just got this. Um, this is actually really so he became an alcoholic. I know, tragic. Okay, right. Like alcoholic on drugs, a writer, shit like that. Okay. And then he fell into a sewer where he hallucinated reading his book to the Rat King. <laughs> I am not kidding. So the Rat King, they were, they took Rat King to not be like an amalgamation of rats. It's like, was it like an actual person or was was it an an amalgamation of rats? In his hallucination, it was a man, but it was actually just a bunch of rats. Okay. And him him just come, and he woke up with rabies in the hospital, I guess. (laughs) This is recent. Is rabies curable? I think for humans, I think so. Can I think you can? You Hi, welcome to the welcome to after Riverdale, it. where I don't a fan cast that's should be later. <laughs> oh, I should really get my friend on here who who runs No Context Riverdale because she. <laughs> okay, number one, our Riverdale podcast would absolutely be called something like the Sweetwater Sweeties or something. <gasps> Yes! I've made I've made this joke before on this podcast. Oh, have Number you really? Number two. Once Okay. So if you catch it early enough, you can cure rabies. But okay. if there if like the symptoms appear, like if the if the uh infection t- took hold, then you're going to die. <laughs> Well, he was in the sewer for three days, so I think he's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Also, and I think Veronica married some guy who... Oh, yeah, Veronica went gold digging, didn't she? she, No, she, like, she became the, the, what did she call herself? Oh, she calls herself or something. Like, the the female wolf of Wall Street or whatever. Like, she, like... Like she like has like a jewelry store now and everything like that, and like runs the stock market like legally, unlike her dad. But her her husband, who she's trying to get divorced from, 
like owes like a lot of money so she can't get divorced so she's like fuck also archie and betty hooked up and then archie and veronica hooked up again and i'm just can we uh... okay i'm going to continue my cross-examination now yeah okay great (laughs) how do you think tvd would have done it if they had done instead of going to college they were just like seven year time skip so that means stefan would have been in bonnie would have been dead for seven years bonnie would have been dead for seven years stefan would have been in the safe and come out a like no humanity absolutely gone oh god yeah tessa would have been just like plotting silas would have like wreaked havoc i don't think at this point in time i don't think vampire diaries could have done it that's what I was they, also thinking as well. They I think couldn't they have done college. it right now. They needed college, but uh, spoiler alert, season seven, there's a big time jump. Season seven, yeah. it was the right time to do it. Yeah. I'm also thinking about that because the season seven time jump, they jumped ahead and then the originals jumped ahead a little bit, right? Or did, yeah. or did they jump ahead at technically the same time? I think they what happened was when Van, when original like it cuz season 7 was when season 3 was airing. Mm-hmm. And so by the time that season 7 was done, we we're going to be in season 4 of the originals when Hope is all adult, not adult. No, um, she's Hope only is all s- 7. 7, yeah. 7, I think, 7 years yeah. old or whatever. Uh-huh. And then and then after that like Vampire Diaries is finished and then Van- Originals was like boop. And then they're going to skip ahead again. Okay. Yeah. So I think like at like, cause right now it's co- co-currently running in between, cause they have two shows to worry about. Riverdale doesn't anymore. They had That's Katie Keene. That's true. But Riverdale had Katie Keene, but that was already in the future and everyone hated that one. So fuck Katie Oh yeah. Keen. Did they, did they just cancel that silently? Oh yeah. It's gone. They brought back, they did bring back Josie and gave the Pussycats an entire episode and it was a backdoor pilot essentially. And I'm here for it. Okay, that one I'm there for, actually. But, uh, no, hold on. <laughs> okay, well, um, I'm no longer there for it. You've you've cautioned me. No, it's actually it's actually pretty cool. It's going to be a murder mystery musical in New Orleans, apparently. Like okay. how they set up the final scene. Like apparently, her father was murdered because he was involved in some voodoo. So I'm like, you know what? Let's go, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Let's cross over. Let's do it. Okay. Okay. And it's called the Pussycats, so I'm here for it. I'm very there for the name. Huh? I'm there for it. Oh, same, I'm just... 100%. I'm not huh. sure how it's going to work, but I'm 100% here for it. Yeah. And I will watch that shit, and I will cry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We've Can been we recording for 15 minutes, and we, we haven't should. talked we about should... the Vampire Diaries ah! once. Hi, welcome to Sweetwater Sweeties. <laughs> <laughs> name for a podcast it really is. i could definitely get my friend on it i think it would be a fun name we'll do a <laughs> once riverdale finally shows like vampires existing or something then we'll do like a crossover episode and we'll bring mars on <laughs> my god the netflix description for this episode <laughs> <laughs> we just got there season five episode seven death in the maiden and the Netflix description is that while Lena and Damon try to explain Amara's situation to Stefan, Dr. Wes Maxfield gives Catherine some deeply disturbing news. 
literally on the wiki that's the first sentence of it's always how it goes isn't it it's (laughs) always how it goes i feel like netflix shout out to the tvd wiki y'all are great we love you um y'all are great we love you so much i know i love them so much you do i know i told them that and then i was like you're great you're amazing i love you the reason tvd wiki i do (laughs) want you guys to know genuinely like i know we joke a whole lot but like yeah if the tvd wiki did not exist neither would this podcast no we'd be fucked like i know shit we would be so fucked like i know stuff but i'm like i don't know (laughs) you guys do an absolutely invaluable service to the community by keeping track of this dumpster fire and we thank you so so much for it and whoever runs the timeline on this thing good for you (laughs) god thank you so much if you ever want to come on afterbite tweet at us please yes slide into our dms I just want to talk wiki for you, with you guys. Seriously. That'd be fun. Anyway. Anyway. I will be heavily happens. using I'll be heavily using the wiki this episode because neither Brian nor I thought to write up notes. No. Because so. <laughs> here's the thing. I watched the episode last week when I thought we were recording, but you were sick and uh-huh. then you watched it today. So like I this is one of my favorite episodes of season five. So it's like, a I really I, good episode. I think I have it pretty much down in my head, but I gotta get back into writing notes because I constantly forget to do them. Our notes page for this episode is literally just 81, Death and the Maiden, and then the Netflix description, and that's it. <laughs> we had Jordan, no thoughts. Jordan usually empty. tries to like make it look nice and has like a, what happened last time on the Vampire Diaries? None of that this week. This week we are coming in hard and we are we are just coming in hard and we are not gonna stop. Nope. <sighs> I love this episode though. The cold open to this episode <gasps> is Yes. Bonkers. It is. And I thought my first thought was like, is that the same bus stop from Legacies? It's not. Um It's absolutely not. It's in Pittsburgh. It's not. Or but, Philly. But- <laughs> Well, it they still shoot in Georgia, like I know, but it's not but the like, same one. I know, but like it's still like a nice little like callback. I was like, oh, that's where Hope and Landon blah 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 did stuff, <laughs> and that's really about it. It's just Hope and Landon scenes there. <laughs> um, but like I, Paul Wesley, goddamn, Paul Wesley is having so much fun. But you can just tell, like he is just so happy doing this. Like, he's having the time of his fucking life recording this episode where he's just like, he's just, Silas is railing against love. He's like, it's bullshit. Like, <laughs> and there's these this couple who like is sitting next to him and just like trying to sit there and wait for the bus. And this is the most fucking public transport thing I've ever fucking seen. You're just yes. sitting there trying to wait for the bus and somebody's like, anyway, I stabbed. My love existed for 2,000 years. Also, I'm a witch and I'm liquefying your insides. And you just have to sit there and be like, I need the bus to come now, please. <laughs> but I it, it, oh, I just loved it. I It's like watching it again. Like I was just like, this is great. It's such a fun cold open for this episode. It really is. Like, and I think it's just it's just so funny how he just liquefied that guy's like insides and his girlfriend just ran away. Cause I mean, like, what could I mean, she do? What the fuck else are you gonna do? If what somebody is she gonna start, do? 
if if a man comes up to me and my significant other on the bus stop and is like, I'm going to liquefy your significant other's insides, I'm going to be like, okay, fine, sure, buddy, whatever. And then my <laughs> significant other actually starts coughing up blood. I am getting the fuck out of there. I'm oh, sorry. I love you. I am out of there. I'm, also, I'm not having it. Another thing I loved is like when Silas was like first talking they just kick their bag underneath the seat more. They're like, yeah. Oh, okay. just like, I'm just gonna kind of try and get out of here, I guess. It's <sighs> freaking hilarious. I love Silas. I also love public transport infrastructure. I feel like yeah, we just- don't see it enough in mystic falls but like it's very good that there was a bus that ran from philly to virginia question mark yeah specifically like it went specifically to mystic falls probably like i don't know i guess i just hey guys public transport infrastructure is vitally important and you should make a ruckus about it in your communities anyway (laughs) this episode mainly happens in the salvatore house so it's a little confusing to try and keep track of like what scene is happening when Elena and Stefan are trying to like kind of reconnect. Elena's like, let's just restart. Hi, I'm Elena. And Stefan's like, actually, I have all my memories back. There's no need to fucking do that. Also, by the way, I was going to run away after I threw Stefan in the quarry. or threw Silas in the quarry. I was going to leave. He was going to go to Portland. And I'm like, God, what a fucking emo angst city to have your emo angst in. I know. I can't. Of all places Stefan would run to, it's freaking Portland. Was he going to run to Portland, Maine, or Oregon? I would assume Oregon. It have to be Oregon, right? Like, it has to... No offense, <laughs> no offense to Stefan, but he seems like a dude who would enjoy an IPA, and that means Portland <laughs> would be perfect for him. I mean, Paul and Ian do make their own bourbon. They all They both seem like dudes who would enjoy an IPA. Exactly. And by that, I mean they enjoy alcohol that tastes bad. Welcome to the anti-IPA podcast that we run here. If if your fucking alcohol tastes like shit, why are you drinking it? Anyway, IPAs are so bad. (laughs) I will rail against them until the end of time. I'm sorry. I know I grew up in the middle of nowhere with nothing but fucking PBR and Bud Light, but like... IPAs are shit. Anyway, this is going to be a weird episode of Afterbite, huh? Yeah, I think it is. I think it's going to be a weird one. We're just going so off topic. We're just we're going everywhere, and you I know love why it. It's going to be a weird one. Why? I don't have a fucking V8. Give me a second. <gasps> That's he why doesn't that- have a V8. I need to have a V8. Give me a minute here, guys. I'm so sorry. <laughs> In case you guys forgot, V8 is sort of like the unofficial official sponsor of Afterbite in the way that this podcast would not be made if I didn't have V8. <laughs> Could have had a V8. <laughs> Hold up. Let me do the good sound here. Yes. Typically, that's how I know we're starting to record is you pop the <laughs> V8. I'm like, oh, we're recording now. Okay, time to put down my phone. Um. <laughs> I have a V8 and now we're going to do this fucking episode huh damon tests stefan's memory and we get to learn some fun things um like damon once broke stefan's nose trying to teach him how to throw a right hook 
you know, brotherly stuff. Yeah, exactly. What else would you do in the 1800s? It was 1852. What else is there to do for entertainment? Um, Damon also bought Stefan a motorcycle. Have we seen Stefan on... We've seen Stefan on a motorcycle once. Which, okay, first off, I believe that Damon gave Stefan the motorcycle. I do not believe for a second that Damon Salvatore bought that. Absolutely not. I was Absolutely the fuck not. I was like, you know, that sounds like something Damon would steal. That's where I thought this conversation was going. Me too. And then Stefan's like, you bought me the motorcycle, although I'm guessing it was pretty expensive. I'm like, this is so weird. What is going on here? I think we've seen Stefan on a motorcycle. We'll see him on a motorcycle again in the future. I know that much. And we saw him but, on it once when he was trying to get Elena to enjoy being alive, I think, right? Yeah, I think like season four. But I, I don't remember. Like, Titanicing on the back. Which is awesome. Um, but <laughs> like, I don't think I we've don't seen rem- him other places. But I think his car is more memorable. Yeah, the red. the red car is definitely the most memorable. Stefan has like a PTSD flashback to being in the safe. Um, he like breaks a glass and he's like, oh man, all my memories and I uh, still can't remember my own strength. And then he hears some fucking noise from the basement. He's like, what's going on in this house? And this, <laughs> they have a situation of the doppelganger variety. And for once, it's not Catherine's fault. Yeah. Amara is in the basement again, wanting to die actively. Remember how we talked about how the wiki has everything? There's an entire section of the wiki specifically for vehicles used in oh all three God. of the shows. I love it here. What type of car is Stefan's cute little red car? Um, it is a 1963 Porsche 36 the three three five six B Cameron Coupe. Cool. That means nothing to me, but like. But I don't think they've updated this since season four of, <laughs> of season four. This is hilarious. Of TVD or of TO? TVD. Oh wait, no, no, no. They did update it. Okay, because they they didn't update it to show like it's made a cameo later on in the series, but that's about it. Do I know the jewels, Trevor, Haley, SUV? Oh, they really, really talk about how the girls own the own the Camaro now. Own Damon's oh, car. Oh, they yeah, they own Damon's car now. Mm. Oh, they do. Wait, they do. It, it was a gift for. I can't believe Damon. Damon. Okay, first off, Damon. I know Damon's human now and does like probably got a, like a nicer car. Why would he give him that car? <laughs> Yeah, I don't see why he would, honestly. <laughs> Alaric must have gotten him, like, really drunk or something and was like, the car. <laughs> I just don't think he would give them that car. No, I don't need... Welcome to the Afterbite Car Podcast. <laughs> Stefan, this episode, has one goal. He's gonna murder the fuck out of Silas. He got... <laughs> Stefan's daily planner, kill Silas, have tea. <laughs> Literally, it's just to do today. Number one, kill Silas. Number two, blank. Nothing else on this list. It is just (laughs) murder Silas. Number three, profit. (laughs) (laughs) 
Damon, though, doesn't want Stefan to kill Silas right away because Silas promised to bring Bonnie back. And again, I don't know why he's still trusting Silas to do that. That doesn't make any fucking sense. Anyway. Yeah, it doesn't. Mm-mm. Um, there's that whole situation going on. Mm-hmm. Bonnie and Jeremy have this cute little conversation. And again, I love them. They're the best ship on this show right now. I love them. They're so cute. They're the best Ugh. ship on the show and there's not even any fucking contest. By a country mile, they are the best ship on this show right now. Mm-hmm. And just like... Bonnie has this cute thing of like, don't tell me what you want to tell me because if you don't, that means we'll have to wait until another time, which means there will be another time. And I just... I hate that Bonnie is just like I give up. Like if we're gonna, if I'm gonna die, I'm gonna bye. <laughs> she's like, is this it? This is it. I'm out. I'm out, suckers. She's just, she's so full of hope, but she also has to sort of be the realist in this situation. Yeah, she's the only one like keeping it together. Like she's the one that's kind of like I know, like Elena and like everyone else can't like see her. Jeremy can though, and Jeremy's the one that's like, no, we're getting you back, and she's like, eh, eh, tone yeah. it down a little bit there, buddy. You can try, bud. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll try, buddy. Just eh. she's having to be the realist in the situation about her facing her own death, which just feels. I love that we're weird. talking about her facing her own death, even though she's already dead. <laughs> I mean, yeah, she's already dead, but like, I don't know. It's just it's kind of weird with the other side, like the logistics of it. Yeah, you're dead, but like there's a chance you can come back. It's just it's weird. Until later on. Yeah. <laughs> it's so it's like, it's like with the other side up, death isn't really dead. Yeah. And this it's kind of episode... like you're in a holding area. Yeah, it's just sort of like a waiting room. <laughs> So then we cut to, for one, there's only like two times this episode that we go to Dr. Maxfield's lab. So I'm going to talk about both of these scenes at once because literally yeah. we're there twice. Yeah. Catherine is in Dr. Maxfield's lab because she has turned to science to try and help her with what she now knows or what Dr. Maxfield describes as sort of like rapid aging. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one funny bit where like Dr. Maxfield is talking into his recorder and he's like, patient is irritable. Not sure if this is a symptom or personality. And Catherine just takes the recorder, smashes it against the wall and says, personality. I, and, like, I love her so much. She's such a bitch and I love her so much. I, ooh, I just got a Charlie horse. Oh boy. <clears throat> All right, I'll wait. I'll oh, wait no, we're fine. Then. We're fine. We're fine. It just was like, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> we're talking about Catherine Pierce. I got a Charlie horse. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, like I just love Catherine in this episode is fucking fantastic. She's so. I. I just love how she just smashes that thing. No vampire strength whatsoever anymore. If Catherine was still a vampire, she would have killed Maxfield by now. Oh, absolutely. Like, he'd be dead. She, he's lucky that she's human. So, Maxfield tells her that she's aging and that there's nothing he can do about it, basically. Yep. Which sucks. Sucks. It really does suck. Because, like, now it's like, Catherine's aging. What the hell? <laughs> I'm surprised it's taking her this long, honestly. Oh, oh, oh. I don't think they've talked about... I think it's because... I think they talk about it in this one. 
it's because as soon as the cure left her body, her body started to age. Like the cure was keeping her stabilized. Yeah. And then as soon as she lost it, it's like, which is kind of actually an adaptation from the books, but like, I'm just surprised that it's that Catherine, when she's 500 some odd years old, is given a few months and not like a few weeks. You know, that just, I don't know why that just like, that seems wrong to me. I feel like it should be, there should be a faster decay here because you're 500 fucking years old, you know? It's just like, okay, I get it. It's for dramatic effect, but like, you should be old by now. (laughs) I think the cure should leave your body and you should break a hip immediately, I think. That's just what should have happened. Yeah, it says on the wiki, shout out to the wiki again. Thank you, TVD wiki, we love you. Uh, when the cure is ingested, the blood of the individuals is converted, a living version of the cure. They become a viable candidate for a single dose. Should it be removed, whether in partial or full, and the individual in question had lived beyond their human years, the post-cure effects would begin to cause them to age and eventually die also in the books it says when vampires go back to being human in the books they begin to age normally as if they had never been a vampire that would make more sense yeah but also in the books the cure is a rose <laughs> they just have to eat a rose no damon takes the cure sniff the he sniffs a rose by accident and it's but he's turned but you can turn back into a vampire after that <laughs> The book is weird. I think the TV show did a little bit better. The book is like campy vampire romance weird. The show is like campy teen show weird. And those are two very different types of weird. I'm packing up like all of my uh, bookshelf and everything. And I was reminded that I have the Vampire Diaries book, like the first two books. Oh boy. (laughs) And I'm like, we'll do a book club on it eventually. I know. Eventually we will. And that's going to be kind of awful, I think. <laughs> but also kind of very fun. I'm not excited to talk talk about how much I hate Elaine in the books. <laughs> I want to do it so, like, it'll be sometime next year. But I want to do it so, like, we can all, like, basically, I want to do it so we can all fly out and do, like, an in-person book club. Like, we can all like record like a video version of the book club just like sitting in my apartment like that's what i want to do oh that'd be fun so it's like an actual live sort of like video version of our uh, of the book club i think that would be just really fun so it it might be be a few years but like we're gonna do it (laughs) eventually we'll get there eventually we'll get to do a book club on how weird the books are and you can support that by going to patreon.com slash afterbite because it is one of our stretch goals, actually. I'm not kidding you. Once we get 20, it I think is. it's 20 patrons um, that we are going to do a book club of our, of the Vampire Diaries book. So if you want to see this happen, if you want to be a part of making this happen, boy, howdy, come on down to patreon.com slash afterbite. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. So where were oh, we? Boy. Catherine's Catherine's aging now. <laughs> Catherine is aging now. She has like two months to live. Silas has the most predictable te- like heel turn in history, where he's like, you know what? Actually, I've decided I'm not gonna help you, and I'm just Amara just needs to die. Period. Yep. 
And who could have seen this coming? If only, if only we knew he was a bad guy. Like, <laughs> what the it's, fuck? It's just really funny because Silas like just basically realized, oh, so just kill Amara and then I'll kill myself and we'll be good. And like, who on earth could have seen this coming? Certainly not everybody who said this was a bad idea. Certainly yeah. not. <laughs> who knew the villain would double cross us like this? God damn. And it's not even, like, really a double cross. They should have seen that coming, like, a mile away. Exactly! Like, Silas, he, he's not dumb. He knows what he's doing. He's had 2,000 years to plan this. I just think it's bonkers to me that Damon ever fucking believed that Silas would help them. Like... I know that happened like three episodes ago now, but it is fucking bonkers <laughs> to me that he ever believed it and held on to that belief. What did Silas gain from helping you before he killed Amara? Literally nothing except being a good person. And this man's 2,000 years old, and his main character trait is that he cheated on his wife. Like, how yep. the fuck are you going to trust a man like that? Trust no man. Trust his... We are introduced to him as number one, the worst bad guy in history. Number two, a cheater. That's it. That's his character. Like, how did you ever fucking think that this man would ever do anything good just to benefit? Just just to benefit you. It makes no fucking sense. I just... I hate Damon. (laughs) Damon, you're so fucking stupid. I know Damon's supposed to be like one of the big protagonists now. He's too dumb to be a protagonist. Yeah. He's a little too dumb. He really is. Like, I know whatever you're supposed to be like the good guy, but like, good guys have common sense. Yeah. (laughs) Caroline? Runs into Nadia at college. This was so random. Nadia is looking for Catherine. It's such a weird. It's so weird. Catherine in this episode at college is just like, I don't know. It's. Why was Caroline here for like two scenes? I think because we we know two scenes, you know, (laughs) like. I think it's because we needed um, Caroline for the, what happens later in the episode. But I'm like, why couldn't they just have her, like, be involved, like, a little bit more? Like, instead of just, like, hanging out with Catherine and Nadia, she's just, like... It's, or she it's was weird just- to me because eventually... So eventually what happens is they need Caroline to get Catherine to go back to Mystic Falls for something, right? Yeah. I don't know why we're being so vague when we're literally going to talk about that next. But, like, you know... <laughs> um, <laughs> Why did, why did they need Caroline for that? Why didn't they just call Catherine and be like, hey, we need you to come back to Mystic Falls so that we can kill this doppelganger and get Silas off your tail? Why did they need, why did they need Caroline to be here? Like, I love her. She looks so cute this episode and I love her dearly. Why is she here? Why is she here? I think because they, like, obviously Catherine wouldn't go because she's just like, screw y'all. But here's the thing. Caroline doesn't, like, personally escort her there. 
Caroline's nowhere else except Whitmore this episode. So did she? No, just she does. Put- no, she's not at the Salvatore house. Yes, she is. No, she's not. Yes, she is. No, she she's not. Is she? she walks in. Catherine walks in. Goes the cute ones here, and then Caroline turns to Katsy and she goes, "She's all yours." And then she leaves, though. No, and then she hangs around, and then Bonnie comes comes back. Surprise. <laughs> oh, I totally. I'm not gonna lie to you. <laughs> I'm still like a little bit sick. Okay. <laughs> I say as I start coughing. <laughs> oh God, now I'm coughing. COVID's gone virtual now. Oh no. <laughs> I haven't it's even a left my house in two weeks. How did I get COVID? <laughs> <laughs> She's sneaky. It's a sneaky motherfucker. She really is. Okay. So that makes way more sense then. Yeah. Because, like, Caroline needed to, like, personally, like, be her, like, chauffeur over there. Because I have a theory Catherine can't drive. Um. Oh, she definitely can't. Oh, she can't drive well. She can drive, but, like, not well. Because, like, now she's human. She's like, "Mm -mm. (laughs) I'm not getting behind the wheel of a car. But, also but like, the I kinda, cars are so dangerous, you know. That's true. They are. I also kind of love how Catherine like lies to Caroline, being like, "Oh yeah, she's my hairdresser," and it's like, "Dude, come on." <laughs> I was gonna say they look way too much alike to be just like a hairdresser, but also it fits that Caroline is the one who later in the episode is the only other one who learns that Nadia is Catherine's daughter. I think that fits. Okay, it does. That makes way more sense now. I honestly, I was watching this on my phone and I did the little thing where I put the Netflix up in the corner and I just like scrolled Twitter while I was watching it. So I guess I must have just like not realized the backgrounds because fucking Whitmore College looks exactly like the Salvatore house. It really does. Because they have one genre of background and it's old house. (laughs) And, And mahogany wood. It's fucking dark wood and old houses. Like, okay, I get it. Yeah. You're all vampires and you love old things. I get it. I understand. Anyway. Stefan and Elena sort of have this little, like, kind of fight where Stefan's like, you fucking, you put your faith in all of the wrong people, like Damon, and sometimes shit just goes wrong. Silas needs to die, period, end of discussion, and then he leaves. I love it. So... The Stefan and Elena drama of this episode is so good. It's so kind of like understated, but it's such a good little like current to go through the episode. It's kind of nice because like Elena's trying to like, like start over with Stefan and start something new with him. And just kind of, she's like, like, she's like, regardless of what we've gone through, I still want you in my life. And Stefan sort of has to be the one to be like, this is not going to be the same as it was. I'm yep. fighting back against your expectations of me now. Which I like. I, I love them. I just love Paul and Nina. They're so good. Their chemistry is still so fucking good. Uh, we'll talk about it later when we get to a certain scene. Uh-huh. <sighs> 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 Jeremy and Bonnie are down in the cellar getting bringing uh jeremy's bringing amara some dinner and And amara is like i never forget a face you're the hunter right and 
then she looks at Bonnie and she's like, oh, you're the one who brought him back. Bonnie's like, no, 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 no. What? <laughs> this is the first <laughs> time somebody other than Jeremy has talked with her in literal months? She's like, thank God, someone else to talk to. <laughs> and Amara's like, I can see everything. People who are alive, people who are dead. And so Bonnie and Jeremy kind of figure out that, like, they could technically bring Bonnie back if they swap her with Amara. They do an anchor swap. Yep. Which, kind of genius, honestly. Yeah, I think this is really clever, actually. Because like, I remember watching this, like, the first time watching this, I was like, wait, 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 how does that work? Like, at first I thought, like, it's, well, now I know, like, obviously. Uh, but, like, <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, um, hold on, where was I going with this? I was going somewhere with it. I took a left turn, and now I'm in Albuquerque. Um, oh, no. Um, <laughs> Not Albuquerque. Not Albuquerque, no. No, um, <laughs> no but like it's just it's smart because it makes sense. Like you need someone who's immortal. Bonnie's technically now immortal. She's a ghost. And she's gonna be the one holding the other side together. And she'd be in she'd have one foot in dead dead land and the other foot in living land. So she'd be boop bitty boop boop boop. Yeah, so it's It's interesting to me that they took immortal to mean not able to die. And therefore, since Bonnie's already dead, you can't die again. Right? Yeah. Like, I think that's a really interesting... It, it's it's a very interesting concept that they decided to look... It's a very interesting lens to view immortality through, right? Because it's just like... Sometimes pieces of media view immortality as like living forever. But this is more like... You can never die. That is what makes you immortal because you are already yeah. dead. Amara was more ideal because she was he she was like literally labeled immortal and like indestructible. Nothing could kill her. Like nothing could kill Silas. So obviously mm-hmm. nothing could kill her. Except yeah. the cure. And Bonnie is indestructible in another way, because how do you fucking kill a ghost? And it's now just a ghost that everyone can see. I just think it's so. Yeah, and it's she's so and fascinating she's like, that they were like, "Bonnie's immortal because you can't kill a ghost again." Welcome to episode seven of TVD, and I feel like every episode seven of a season we have some sort of like ghost world bullshit going on. Yeah, because what was it? Season three, episode seven was Ghost World proper. Ghost World. Ghost World. <laughs> I mean, episode, uh, let's see. Fucking, (laughs) oh my god, wait, hold up. Hold up, it actually is. Episode 7 was Ghost World? Yes, season 3, episode 7 was Ghost World. Season 1, episode 7 was Haunted. Season 4, episode 7 was My Brother's Keeper, which was also kind of Ghost Worldy. The only one that it doesn't really fit for is season two, episode seven, which was Masquerade, but I give that a pass because Masquerade just fucks. So Yeah, Masquerade is a Oh, we uh, I wish we could talk about Masquerade again. Oh Uh, anyway. God, bring Um, me back to Masquerade. Oh But like every episode seven kind of is either like a finale esque of an arc or a beginning of a new arc. 
Every episode or seven is a ghost world. It's all ghost every world. Episode seven here. is the end of a chapter. Fuck <laughs> you. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck your chapter's bullshit. Fuck your shit. Fuck your shit. Okay. Ghosts, not chapters. <laughs> but like my one concern about this though is like they see what this has done to Amara. Why are they, they, cons- they don't think about <laughs> it at all? They're like, okay, so Amara's not crazy crazy. She just sees dead people and real people. Jeremy does that. He's fine. Let's do it, gang. Like nobody thinks any further. Like there's no like as of right now, they think there's no consequences. They don't but, ask I, Amara anything. And they also don't ask Ketsia, the woman who created this goddamn thing. But I also love how quick Ketsia was like, yeah, let's do it. Let's, yeah, that'd be fun. So Damon goes to Ketsia and he's like, hey, uh, do you maybe want to do an anchor swap? And Ketsia's like, okay, yeah. And... Ketsia's like, okay, well, I would need a massive amount of power to do a transfer spell like that. And Ketsia kind of goes through, Ketsia goes through sort of like the magical power sources we have. So she's like, moon's not full. I don't think there's a worthy comet for another couple billion years. But I could use a doppelganger. They're powerful, mystical, naturally recurring. And you've got them coming out your fucking ears, apparently. And we just so happen to have three of them. Three of them. I love... Okay. I love this power dynamic now because previously we've seen, like, um, witches drawn, like, vampires and drawn, like, familial bonds and drawn, like, natural events. They're... Mm -hmm. They're they're sort of like they're positioning doppelgangers as I guess like more supernatural than they have been previously. I think this yeah. season they're really trying to like expand what a doppelganger is and what that means. And so I like yeah. that they're also expanding what doppelganger can what a doppelganger can do, right? Like doppelganger blood is powerful and mystical and naturally recurring. And it's sort of like I think it's Elijah who gets used as like a power source at one point in time in TVD, right? Yes. Or he does it in the originals a few times, whatever. Yeah. Um, but also we gotta remember, like, that vampire, like doppelganger blood was used to create vampires. Yes, and that's what I that's and what used, I was getting to is like Yeah. A su- it's like a supernatural battery almost. Because mm-hmm. while doppelgangers can't naturally do anything exceptional, right? They're just fucking. Yeah, they have no magic power. Like other people, right? Yeah. They're not like they can't like read minds or do magic or do outward things, but they're a good battery for other things. They're mm-hmm. literally just magical batteries. <laughs> like I, love I think that. that's so fun. And I think it's such an interesting way because we've talked, I've talked previously about how sort of there's two forms of arcane energy right supernatural is when you are something and you don't necessarily have any like you can't do magic it's sort of like a passive form of arcane Mm -hmm. energy whereas like 
magic is you using arcane energy to do something to influence something and i think it's really nice that like doppelgangers are the most sort of passive kind of supernatural because they are just there you can't stop Mm -hmm. them from being there they will naturally occur and they're magic period right they're a loophole they're nothing they're nothing special they're just people who happen to be magical fucking batteries. <laughs> like, yeah. I just think it's such a neat exploration of magic at this level. I love it. I just love doppelgangers. And plus, we get to see more Nina and Paul being We amazing. get to see more Nina. We get to see so much Nina this episode. Anchor. Ketia agrees to make Bonnie the anchor, but she needs a power source. That power source is going to be doppelgangers. They happen to have three of them on this fucking show. Uh, three of Surprise. them that are Nina Dobrev right now. And then two <laughs> other ones. Again, we have just an outrageous amount of doppelgangers hanging around. Again, this is going to be... I think it's, it's the second doppel- or third time that... Um, Nina plays three doppelgangers in one episode. And certainly the first time she plays them all in one scene. I think according to our best friend Wiki... Uh, for the first time ever, Nina Dobrev plays three doppelgangers in one scene. Yep. Okay, I was right. I thought so. Also, Tyler and Matt are not in this episode, as we come to come to learn. It's cause that's because <laughs> Tyler's off fucking killing He's on the originals, and Matt's just vibing back in Mystic Falls. Like, what's up? <laughs> yeah, Matt's just vibing, thankfully. Matt's just hanging out. He's having a good time. Catherine and Nadia sort of have this, like, argument of, like... Um, you've been avoiding me, and she's like, "Yeah, I know. I have been avoiding you. Um, you abandoned me all over again." And Catherine's like, "Okay, no, no, no. I didn't abandon you in the first place. You were snatched out of my arms at birth because my father thought I was a knocked up, shameful slut. Second, <laughs> it's been five hundred fucking years. Give me a break. I don't want to do mother daughter bonding." And. Uh, I just think it's so fucking funny that Catherine sort of admits that, like, yeah, I got knocked up out of wedlock. What do you want me to fucking do about it? Huh? Like, yeah. you were taken from me as a baby. What do you want me to do here, Nadia? Caroline interrupts them and is like, I'm, go- I'm here to escort you to Mystic Falls. And that's it. That's, That's the entire it. episode. That's the end of the episode. Everybody, thank you for coming <laughs> off to Afterbite. It's a vampire nice week. You know, you know the deal. Find us on Twitter at Afterbitepod. <laughs> okay. Tessa continues to have just fucking banger after banger lines. She really does. She's oh like, okay, so you live in this giant mansion with two doppelgangers that are destined to end up together. I swear there's a sitcom in there somewhere. I love that Tessa knows what a sitcom is. <laughs> she has been here for... She's been on the other side just watching shit happen for like 2,000 years. She deserves a little sitcom bit. She does. I love that I think Tessa has thought this out more than anybody else. Because she realizes when she's talking with Amara that if she kills Amara after she makes her not the anchor anymore, Amara is nothing more than a human at this point. Once she stops becoming the anchor, she stops becoming supernatural. So... She can, she'll just pass on to the afterlife while Silas remains trapped on the other side because he's still a witch. I love that. 
She's like, yes. you guys are going to spend an eternity apart, and that's going to be kind of fantastic for me. <laughs> I love that she's and like, I love how she, this is going to be very fun. And I love how she just has that confrontation with Amara, too. Uh, she's like, no apology, nothing. Just like, oh. Nina Dobrev's acting this episode is so good. And the worst part is, is that you know it's not like Elena or like Elena or like it's Catherine. This feels like an entirely new character. Yeah, she does such great work. I, I love it. Nina Dobrev, I love you. Nina Dobrev is far and away, I think, the best actor on this show, period. Yeah. Like, she did. Oh my God. The fact that she can make three different characters distinctly different and make you think that it's different actors. And I, like the way that she did it a few episodes ago or in handle with care without even saying anything just by action alone is mm-hmm. fucking insane to me. Absolutely insane to me. And Amara is just so like quiet. And I love how Amara gets like Amara is scared of Tessa. Like everyone like Tessa's come in contact with, no one's really scared of her. She's they're just like, nah, you're powerful but cool. We've done with we've dealt with worse. Amara's like truly afraid of her. Because I think Amara knows more than anybody else what kind of cruelty Tessa's capable of. She's been at the butt end of that cruelty. <laughs> yeah, she's had two thousand years to build up Tessa in her mind because she's just oh my god. Ugh. It's fucking show uh- sometimes delicious so Catherine comes to the mansion she's like hey tessa could you fix me by the way and tessa's like sure fine when the ritual's finished and bonnie's the anchor we'll find a way to stop you from dying fair deal fair honestly yeah fair play i i appreciate that she's just like fine fuck it we'll do it after this she's like fine put it on my to-do list my assistant will call you to like figure out a time (laughs) (laughs) and i also love how she calls elena and amara tweedledee and tweedledum which is so true (laughs) who's tweedledum and who's tweedledee tweedledee is elena tweedledum is amara because amara has zero education because she was born in fucking negative (laughs) two thousand years ago yeah probably barely knows how to read or spell so like no offense but i think amara would really struggle in the modern world without an education yeah just saying i would like let amara operate a microwave (laughs) oh my god she would lose her shit she She would. would lose her mind honestly let amara like i'm surprised she hasn't like lost her shit seeing like light bulbs like cars and jeremy gave her jeremy gave her a sandwich (laughs) a sandwich is like mind-blowing for somebody from fucking negative 2000 i don't remember what the exact day was she's like you put this boar on top of bread (laughs) what's bread (laughs) (laughs) i'm sure they had bread back then but like no i don't not like did I don't think they had bread bread. in the same... I don't think they had bread in the same way that we have bread. They certainly didn't have sliced bread. Yeah, it wasn't like whole wheat sliced bread. Uh, What fucking... Um, When was bread invented? I'm literally searching, did they have bread in ancient Greece? So they did have bread, but it certainly was not the same kind of bread that like... It certainly was not processed like our bread is now. She probably saw the lettuce and was like, huh. What's this, tomato? Oh, God. Oh, no. I love, just found a fucking, (laughs) 
just found a fucking website entirely in Greek that's just the history of bread. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what if Amara's gluten free though? She probably wouldn't fucking know it. It was fucking negative two thousand years it. ago. She wouldn't know that shit. She'd just be like, "Wow, it's weird that bread makes me hurt." Anyway, like. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Poor Amara, like she's just gone through so much, and we're like, "Yeah, you fucking loser. You don't know what you a microwave idiot. is. Yeah, you wouldn't know what a microwave is." <laughs> Basically, oh they're going God. to be using Bonnie's grimoire as a stand-in for Bonnie. And they're going to put doppelganger blood all over it and make a goddamn mess. And then they're going to use that to sort of representationally get make movie anchorship from Amara to Bonnie. Yeah. So there's that. This is a very small thing. But don't you think it's a little weird that the doppelganger blood on the page forms like a Celtic symbol of Trinity? The Triquatra from Charmed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How would... How? How? Why? I don't know. I think because they probably thought it looked cool. Ketsi is Greek. I'm sure there was a Greek symbol for, like, Trinity. There probably, had to have been. But like, I think, I like... Just, it's such a tiny I, thing that I was like, I feel like that's too modern for Ketsia's magic, but okay. <laughs> I Literally, I, was, I watched it and I was like, huh. That doesn't seem right. Moving on. Meanwhile, I'm like charmed. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just because it's such a recognizable Iconic. symbol for Trinity, yeah. I guess, that nobody really thinks for that three. it's a little bit weird where it comes from. <laughs> yeah. You know? I just fair, valid. So, I, we I get another... Go ahead. I also just love how this scene is shot. It's very cool. It's really interesting. And I love that, like, Nina Dobrev, you're so good. She acted off herself. God damn. This she is just the Nina Dobrev off of hour. herself. And, like, oh, it's just insane to me. And I also love, like, Tessa cu- cutting their hands. <laughs> She, like, she went hard on Amara. She's like, oh, did that hurt? I'm so sorry. And then, like, Catherine's like, I'm fragile. Hold on. And then Elena's just like, hee this is nothing. Elena's just like, I'm a vampire anyway. Bye. <laughs> Screw y'all. <laughs> I'm going to heal immediately. Later. But also, why on the hand? Like, they could Why the, the hand? Why the hand? Why the hand? It like, doesn't I make get, any like, sense. Like, I get that it looks cool on camera and it looks fun, but, like, I'm not, like, if I was a witch, like, I'm not going to be slicing my hand for a pizza roll. Like, um, Like, I just don't, I also don't get, because it's not like, I feel like it wouldn't be effectively, I wouldn't, I feel like it wouldn't be very effective in terms of blood flow either, because there's so many little capillaries in your hand. Because, like. Number one, the way that your hand works is fucking wild. If you th- if I think about it for too long, it genuinely freaks me out the way that hands work. But like, I'm looking at my hand right now. I am also staring <laughs> at my hand actively. I'm looking at my hand, and like I'm this. like, I get that if you like cut, you're likely to slice quite a few capillaries. But like, if you're looking to, if you're looking for blood flow, why don't you do a wrist? Like, not to yeah. be brutal about it, but why don't you do a wrist? 
or like a neck. Do like a major vein that's easy to find. I feel like it it's fucked up that they just decide to do like, they're like, we'll just cut a bunch of little capillaries in your hand and hope that blood comes out of it. But like, do like a major artery, like a wrist. I don't know why. Because like your wrist, you can clearly see where the veins are. A hand, you really can't. Yeah, you just kind of got to like, kind of hope and pray. I know the reason why this happens in the TV show is because they needed a way to sort of like effectively hide the blood bag and squeeze it out, right? But like... Oh! Oh, I just genuinely thought like, oh, it just looks cool on camera. That makes more... Yeah, no, they were talking about it. There was a special... There was like a behind-the-scenes special for like the originals, I think, that said like that Joseph Morgan was like showing off how it's sort of like a blood bag. I know nobody else can see this, but I'm gesturing for Brian. They sort of have like a little blood bag here and then a little like uh-huh. um, tube that runs here when they're like squeezing out or they just have a little blood bag in their palm of their hand and just squeeze it out for the blood. Oh, right? that's interesting. Okay. okay so like, that makes it sense. makes sense why they do it from the hand. It just yeah. also does not make sense why they do it from the hand, you know? Yeah, it just, practicality wise like i don't see people like actual practitioners of witchcraft actually doing that in real life it just doesn't seem very effective because your hand you need your hands for a lot of shit yeah right like also i gotta cut my nails it heals it heals really slowly too have you ever cut your hand yes the palm of your hand takes a while to heal and if you're just a witch and you're not like or if you're just a human or a witch it's not mm. going to heal very quickly. You're just hands just no. like out of commission and hurting for fucking ever. Yeah. And also it keeps bleeding. They talk about Catherine later this episode is like, my hand hasn't fucking stopped bleeding because you cut it. We fucking like, I don't... anyway, <laughs> the lights cut out and it, this feels like season one, you know, when the girls were doing the seance. Yes. In ironically, season one, episode seven. seven. <laughs> this feels like that, where like the electricity flickers, the wind blows through, the windows open. Like Silas is here, and he's here to interrupt your fucking shit. He's here to murder Amara, and then himself. I, just, I guess. I just love how she's like how Tessa's like. It's Silas. Show yourself, bastard. <laughs> God, I love how angry she is. She's like, fuck this. Unhinged women are so hot. (laughs) I mean, Tessa is very unhinged. Let's be real here. She's so unhinged. She turned a woman to stone and made her the anchor to a supernatural hell, basically. Hell dimension. Because that woman cheated on her husband with her. Like, I just, I love it. I love her so much. She was she would have been such a great villain for the season. I know, and I don't know why she wasn't. Silas is here to haunt their shit. <laughs> he's haunting. He's being a haunt he's being a haunty little boy. Do you want to just like run me down what is happening here? Shit, so much okay, where were we? <laughs> we're at the, the Salvatore Mansion, because so much happens here. So like Literally, I'm looking at the transcript right now. It says Salvatore Boarding House, Salvatore Boarding House, Salvatore Boarding House. Yeah. Salvatore Boarding House Woods. It's so... Tell me what happened here while I... Um, Okay, so basically, (laughs) lights go out. Everyone's in a panic. 
Uh, one crazy is mi- two crazies are missing. Those two crazies are Amara and Tessa. So Amara's gone somewhere. I don't know where she went. She just left, I guess. She just straight up she left the chat. She's gone. Um, she left the group chat, never to be seen. She left the group chat. Um, Damon needs a whole few, whole new fuse box. Rip. Um, and then Tessa goes and confronts Silas in the library with a candlestick, <laughs> with a whole ass candlestick. <laughs> but I love that we kind of get like this, like nice little like closure for them. I do too. Like it's. It's like a nice little word of closure. She was like, I loved you. And he was like, well, get in line. And then um, he throws a po- like a fire poker at her and stabs her in the shoulder. You know what? So true. This is like, I mean, just things you do with your ex, right? You, you just know. throw a fire poker at them magically. But like, like, I just love how maybe I'm not at this level of hatred to my ex, but I probably wouldn't <laughs> throw a fire poker at no. her. No. <laughs> I think these two just have have so many problems. <laughs> <A lot to laughs> Let's work not with. just chalk it up to them being exes. There's a lot more going on here. There's a lot more happening. Oh, okay. Now I know where Amara is. Okay. So Stefan, at the same time, fucking hell, came in and took Amara to the woods. Lord knows he just why. stole her. Yep. He just stole her, which is, and he's like, Come and get me, or, or I'm gonna kill her. La la la. I think is that what he's gonna do? Is he gonna kill her? Oh no, he's gonna keep her alive by any means possible. Yeah. So the exact opposite of what- the exact opposite <laughs> of what you just said. Yeah, you go, King. So the exact opposite of what we normally like. I'm just so used to vampire diaries where like if you have ten minutes, I'm gonna kill them. I'm not used to these vampires saying you have ten minutes and I'm keeping them alive. Like what? I'm going to keep her alive by any means necessary. I'm going to take her to therapy. She's going <laughs> to she's going to experience the marvels of modern medicine with a mood stabilizer. We're going to go on a lovely vacation to Canada. <laughs> like I love She has a blanket and hot cocoa. <laughs> I'm going to make sure that she gets the comfort and help that she needs. Like it's such a funny like I'm going to keep this bitch alive to spite yep. you. <laughs> I think it's so, so funny. So, back inside, Jesus Christ, we really are in the Salvatore house this entire goddamn it's time. literally the whole app. Ugh! And, so, like, I get uh, it, but damn, it's confusing <laughs> to talk about. So, Caroline finds Catherine, and Catherine's bleeding from her hand. Oh, poor Catherine. Hold mm. on. Oh, God, she's human. Now she's fragile Um, And <laughs> so, uh, Catherine drinks Caroline's blood, but fun little side effect of the cure Catherine can't drink vampire blood anymore. So she, she can't just, be like, healed by it. She just like vomits it out. Yeah. Yeah. She can't be healed by it anymore. Ooh. She, so this means Catherine can't become a vampire. There's no loophole to this. She's just going to die. Period. Yep. Um, and then Elena walks into yet another room, the library with a candlestick. Um, <laughs> she finally finds- rolled high enough to like yeah, make the final to- six steps into there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then they're gonna find the maid just hanging from somewhere. Um they she finds her, pulls the poker out of Tessa, and goes, It's a flesh wound. We're gonna finish this. <laughs> and like I Elena. love that she's just like, You're gonna finish this fucking spell. I don't care that you're literally dying currently. 
All right? Yep. Get the fuck up. I... Fuck up, bud. We're going to finish this fucking spell. <laughs> and she's she's just like, I've waited too long to get my best friend back. We're doing this. I like this kind of pushy, not evil, but like pushy kind of bitchy Elena. It's kind of like the Catherine. It's really of fun. Elena. It's like the Elena of it all. Like Ale- Elena, Jesus Christ. It's like she's embracing her little bit of like no humanity side. Like she's embracing her darker side a little bit, but using it for good intentions. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. It's fun. So outside in the Salvatore woods, I like to call them the woods where, where uh, the woods where it happens. Um, Silas and Amara are reunited. And Silas goes to kill Amara, which is a weird twist of fate. Don't you love when your former lover murders Mm -hmm. you, but for like a good reason? Yeah, but I also just love that like, you know, like this isn't like malicious or evil. They're doing it because they love each other. And they can be together. They're doing it out of love, which I think is the most fucked up part about it. Because it almost makes me like actually feel something, you know? And... We got to talk about it. Paul and Nina's acting in this. Paul and Nina. Oh. I, it just felt like you were watching what could have been Stefan and Elena. And it was so interesting because the dynamic was so different, but also like so familiar because it's still yeah. Paul and Nina. Oh. oh, like it just felt like you were watching um, Elena and Stefan kind of realize like, we're going to be happy together wherever we go next. And it's just, uh, uh, I miss Stefan and Lena so much. I miss them so much. So, so much. But alas, this is cut short because you know what? It's always like weird. Cause like normally it's the bad guys doing this, but now it's the good guys trying to stop someone from dying. <laughs> yeah. Like, and it's just like, can we just kill somebody please? Like let's end this. Can just, um can I just murder you, my love, please. Thank you. Goodbye. <laughs> it's this very like weird it's like a twist on the head of what we're normally used to where everyone's trying to kill each other. Now everyone's just trying to keep each other alive and kill Silas. It's so fun. It is it's fun. It's so fun. Um, so Stefan and Silas have a kind of spat, and Stefan kind of um makes him feel like he did. And everything like that, like over the summer and how we drowned, things like that. But then Stefan kills Silas. And Silas falls down to the ground and Amara breaks free. But at the same time, weirdly, weirdly, Wild Amara, this out. <laughs> Amara screams in pain, which why would she scream in pain? I don't know. Weird. Not, that's. It's not a secret mouse go tool we're not going to use for later. You know, it's chill. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. So inside, back inside. God damn it. <laughs> um, like I said, they just go inside, outside, inside, outside. And like, I get it. But also, damn. God, it's I a lot, get it. This is much more like action pace than how we're describing it. Like, it's much more like. Yes, it's very quick, much cut, action quick, cut, um, so, um, Elena sends Damon outside to find Stefan, but I love this. Um, um, Elena says, and I quote, he's hurting Damon. He's not thinking clearly. Okay. Silas may have been the one to put him in that safe, but we were supposed to get him out. 
Please go find him. We can't lose him again. So basically, Elena's saying, we are not going to have Stefan fall apart again. Like, we need to get him back. And I love that she's like, I'm going to hang. I got you back. I'm hanging on tight now. Yep. You, you're not leaving me. I'm hanging on no, tight. Elena, Elena really just wants, and I hate to say it, she wants these brothers to kind of be happy again. Like, and I know Julia yeah. said it before, this entire show is not just a love story between two brothers and a girl. It's a, not like a it's an unofficial, it's a story about two brothers. Yeah. And the girl just happens to be in the middle of it. <laughs> and I just love this. But then we go back outside. And as Amar says, our eternity starts now. She stabs herself and kills herself. Yikes. And... And dies, ironically, in Damon's arms. <laughs> it's a weird... It's weird. It would have been... It's I kind of would have liked it if um, if it was, like, Stefan's arms. Or Silas's arms. Well, Silas is already dead. I know, but, like, she could have fallen on top of his body and it could have been a really dramatic thing. Yeah, I think it would have been cool to be, like, if it was Stefan and Stefan telling her to hold on. And instead like, it's Damon telling her to hold on for just like a little bit. If Damon was holding me as I was dying, I'd be like, oh, I'm gonna go. Bye. Yeah, like I know you're telling me to hold on, but like I'ma just I'ma just dip actually in case you don't mind. I'ma just go. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> I love how she says, like, I've been in hell for two thousand years. And he goes, What's another five minutes? <laughs> Which is like, unironically a very funny line, actually. <laughs> is he's like what's another five minutes i think that's Don't a die. line actually but also like it kind of hints that like damon kind of cares about bonnie a little bit mm. it's an interesting like because he doesn't he, care about amara like one bit he doesn't yeah care. he had he had he said knows. earlier he had said earlier that he doesn't give a shit about amara but like now that there's a chance to save bonnie he's like all right well hi i care about you now by default i guess <laughs> Hi, I care about you, Reed's hand, Imora. <laughs> like, He's like, which my hand's fucking sweating. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> um. So as Amara dies inside, Tessa continues to spell, and Elena watches to make sure Tessa doesn't do anything stupid. Um, but Jeremy and Bonnie start to share their final goodbyes. Which is also accompanied by a beautiful song called With Love by Christina Grimmie. Rest in peace. We love you. Um, Christina Grimmie, this song, I absolutely love it. I listened to this song a lot when this scene first came out. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, God, yeah. I love that song. It's such a good song. And it's just perfectly played, like, behind them. And oh. so as they're talking, Amara's dying. Jeremy's trying to figure out, like, there's he's like no everything's gonna be fine and then bonnie's like jeremy it's not and she says tell me what you're gonna tell me earlier and he says i love you and she says i love you too and i'm crying not right now but i was crying <laughs> and like um, this scene though fucking gets you like every epic like declaration of love in vampire diaries the the background is always backlit like, there's always a light shining on them, and you see their, their silhouettes. Like, this continues even in Legacies, like, to this day. Yeah. Like, I, it's just beautiful. Like, it happened with, like, Hope and Landon. 
They That's used it. the very limited Legacy's <laughs> lighting budget, apparently. <laughs> there was no lighting budget on Vampire Diaries either. Like, Okay, but by far and away, Vampire Diaries is much better than Legacy's. It is, it is. Lighting-wise, far <laughs> and least, away. At least they got rid of that green filter. Like, let's be real here. Exactly. It's just like, wow. Thank God. A... Um, anyway, sorry. But as Jeremy says, I'm not ready to let you go. He touches her face and he can feel her and she can feel him. So that means the spell worked. And Elaine and, then... and Caroline enter the room and they're just like, Bonnie, please tell me this is real. I hate this and scene. I hate this scene, but I love it so much. The group hug, the friendship of it all. I know. <laughs> I just love and like as they're like even hugging and Elena's like shocked that it actually worked. Like finally a plan they d- wanted actually worked. And in the end they got rid of the big bad. Like so everything kind of turned out okay. Caroline's like, oh my god, like we can be roommates again. Like we have an extra bed. Like but we'll clear out the closet. <laughs> like she's just being uh, uh. And you can just see the happiness on Bonnie's face, because first of all, she could take off that goddamn outfit. Um, oh yes, God! Cat Graham was probably thriving as soon as she got out of that fucking. She can park get a haircut. Oh girl, she can get a haircut finally, or she can stop wearing I, whatever wig she's currently wearing. Basically, I know that way with the bangs. Like, oh God, oh. Uh, I just this scene with the music. It just it. This is what this is what remind. This is like classic Vampire Diaries. Yeah, like just a happy moment when you need it, and all the midst of all of this bullshit. And then the way that like the girls hug and they get like their friendship moment again, it feels so good. I know. know? Cause like at the core of the show, it's always been the three of them. Yeah. And then like, I like that they're sort of like getting back to that now. Like I get sure it's about the boys, whatever, but they like, they feel like they don't have as much heart as like the girls do, you know? Yeah. I feel like. With- because the girls are like, flawed in a reasonable way and they admit that they're flawed and they like try their best to overcome things the boys feel like they don't have any flaws and it feels like weird and dumb but like i don't know especially maybe i'm just maybe i just have a soft spot for like caroline but the way that like she still very obviously is like already getting ahead of herself with her planning and everything and the way that sort of like Bonnie and Elena are both like, Caroline, like, come on, just enjoy the moment. Like, it feels so much more like a friend moment than any of the Salvatore moments have felt like a family moment, you know? Yeah, there's definitely going to be some great family moments between Stefan and Damon, obviously, like, in the future. There's, like, there's some fantastic scenes that, like, I will fully admit, like, Paulinian, like, floored me with. But, like, this is one of the scenes, like, with Bonnie, Caroline, and Elena that Kat, Candace, and Nina just... They're just so good. They play off each other so well. They do. And it's, oh, I just love, I love this. (laughs) Oh, and it's even sadder knowing what's coming next. I know, I know, I know. Oh, I don't want to think about it, but we got to do it. I know. Okay. So Catherine goes to find Tessa and she's Mm -hmm. like, okay, let's do this. Let's make me immortal. And Tessa's like, yeah, find a drugstore cream. <laughs> God, Tessa's lines in this episode are bangers. She really is. Um, so basically, Tessa says that she is not going to mess with someone's lifespan 
because that's the whole reason that they're in this mess in the first place. And she basically admits, I won, Amara's gone, and Silas is waiting for me on the other side. And then basically Tessa is bleeding profusely. Profusely. Like, like the camera pans down and there is a puddle of blood. And she's like holding like a glass shard or something. And it's just like, oh shit. Like she basically did what she had to do. She restored balance. Back to that whole power balance and bullshit. (laughs) Um, And I love that her final words, like alive, essentially. um, Our true love prevails. The universe be damned. And I, mm, I love her. I, she went She's out like so a boss. She went out like I don't like understand a why boss. she went out, but like I like I don't understand why she decided now when she has a chance to just like live and be free of Silas and just like have fun. She's just like, "No, actually I'm going to go torture him for eternity. Thank you. Bye." Like I think she, I don't what she understand why long. she did that, but like I I don't know. Like I feel like if I okay, here's the thing. Uh-huh. Let's let's put ourselves in her shoes, in her very fashionable uh-huh. cute shoes. Yes. You have spent eons. Eons. On the other side, dead because your lover killed you after you killed his lover. Whatever, 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 right? Mm -hmm. You come back once that lover who murdered you is resurrected. And you're like, perfect. Now I just want to make him die and be gone. That's what I want to do. I just want to make, I just want to kill him. Okay, cool. You, You finish that goal. You managed to kill him and separate him from his true love. Why then do you decide that you want to go deal with his annoying ass for the rest of eternity? Why do you do that instead of just like living and just like now being free of all? You're free of the baggage. You, you've dealt with your baggage. You've checked it. It's done. <laughs> you've emptied out the suitcases. You're fully here now. Why do you decide to go back to the place where you can't do magic and all you can't you're just alone then on the other side yeah i think what i i think what i would do if i was katsia would be make like a separate dimension for silas where he's just tortured for eternity yeah and you basically i once he's on the other side he's alone he can't go anywhere i would just leave I'm going to go take a vacation. I know I live to see the rise and fall of Rome, but like, maybe I want to go back and just relax <laughs> on the beach. You know, like, I don't, maybe I'm just. She wants to go and see what Rome is like. <laughs> maybe I'm just like cynical, but, but kinda... I would absolutely just, instead of like <laughs> killing myself, I would just go have some fun in the modern era now and live yeah, a normal life too, and think. die eventually, you know? And then go and kill his ass. And then, like, torture his ass on the other side. Like, give him some time to be alone again. Because he, like, Silas even mentioned, like, you don't know what it's like being alone for 2,000 years. And it's like, ah ha ha. You're now going to be alone for at least another five months. But, (laughs) but I would, yeah, I think I would do what you're saying. But I think it's just kind of poetic justice for Tessa to do or something like that. Yeah, I guess. I guess it's just the poetic justice for her of it all. Or whatever. I guess. But this is not the end of Tessa. Well, for another five seconds. 
this is before Tessa comes and appears to Bonnie, weirdly yes. enough. And she's like, you're the anchor now. And Tessa's like, where? And Bonnie's like, where the hell did you come from? Because <laughs> you would think like Bonnie would hear that, but no. But we now learn that Tessa reveals that the purpose of the anchor is that she will feel the death. She'll feel every death of every supernatural being that passes over to the other side. And it's going to hurt like a bitch. So that's why when Silas died with Amara, with, out in the woods, Amara screamed in like physical pain. Because basically the punishment of being the anchor for Amara was to feel the death of every supernatural being. And so now that pain has gone over to Bonnie. I really wish that Tess would have been like, oh, here's some fine print to this. I like that she doesn't mention it until after they've already done it. I want to know, though. Yeah. I thought Bonnie, how does Bonnie feel things if she's dead? I guess they brought her back to life. I think what happened was she has a foothold now between the both physical and super, like not supernatural, um, the ghost world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think it's like she has that foothold. So she's able, like she can feel the warmth of the fireplace. Like, she mentions but, that, like, oh, she feels warm again. Yeah, okay. Fair, fair. So I think it's like, she'll just starts to feel the pain. So now we have to deal with every time a supernatural being dies in this show, anywhere. Bonnie's going to not feel even that pain like, anywhere. Not even, like, a named supernatural person. Anybody, any supernatural in the world dies, Bonnie gets, uh, gets a little, gets to see them, and uh, the pain of their death over and over again. Which is... Bonnie's been through enough. <laughs> I know. I love that they're just like continuing to like pour pain on Bonnie. But like, <laughs> it's kind of like, it's like a check and balance kind of thing. Like, yeah, you can be alive again, but. But there's a downside here. There's a downside here. I just kind of wish that like they gave Bonnie that option. But it kind of just shows like how quick to make a choice they are on this show. Like not the writers, yeah. like the characters. They're like, they okay, fine, we'll about... deal with the consequences later. Yeah, exactly, exactly. They don't think but about because... the consequences. And now with this, with Bonnie being an actual living, breathing human thing now, it's going to cause some problems on the other side, probably. Because, like, the anchor has been, like, just a statue, has been walking around normally throughout the day, like, going to Starbucks, going to, like, having a party, like, like having a boyfriend like she's just been stoned for 2000 years and people touch her and she just feels the pain but that's about it so now it's going to probably cause some issues potentially issues because potentially i mean tessa was able to come back through the other side when bonnie did the spell who's to say like they can't do a same the same kind of spell on bonnie yikes 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 on bikes (laughs) So back in the woods, we are now burying Silas. Thank God. Silas is dead. It's over. Season finale. This is a great season finale. Season six is going to be so much better, guys. Um, This is episode seven of season five. So they sort of like, Stefan and Elena have this like conversation of like, Elena's like, please tell me that killing Silas worked, that you'll be okay now. Stefan's like, why is that so important to you? He's like, I know how much he stole from you. And while you were suffering in that safe, 
grasping onto hope, fighting every second so you wouldn't lose your humanity, I was happy. I got everything I wanted, Stefan. I got to be in love. I got the summer of my dreams. I got Bonnie back. And I need to know that this worked. I need to know that it's going to take away all of your suffering. And I need to know that you're going to be okay. And Stefan doesn't answer her. He's just like, I wanted it to be you. I, when that safe finally opened and somebody found me, I wanted it to be you. I wanted it to be both of you. And Damon appears behind Elena. I hate it here. I hate it here. Stefan wanted Elena to find him. What the fuck? I just want to talk, Julie Pleck. <laughs> just want to fucking talk. I want to talk, Hell Andreas. I just want to talk. People are like, Damon and Elena, like, are so cute like they have all this i'm like damon da- not damon Stefan and elena have like this trauma like of s- not even like like centuries like they have literal history through their doppelgangers and it's just uh, i just they, i know we're gonna get more they they're them. so pretty <laughs> <laughs> i'll never <laughs> i'll never be them but we'll never be them i just and i also just love how damon elena just look like upset about this because they know they fucked up they fucked up big time they should have known that something was wrong with stefan and it's still so fucked up and i want him to hold that over their heads because like they fucked up so big time yeah they really did it's just ugh I just, I love, I love, love this shit. I love it. <laughs> like, even though the love triangles at this point is pr- pr- like just practically over at this point. Yeah. Still them giving like Stefan and Elena like these little like moments like this. It just, just shows that like, reg- it's just regardless of like their history together, Stefan and Elena need each other. They need each other wholeheartedly. Like they, it's like one can't exist without the other. It's like every the doppelgangers need each other. Like they're they have to be drawn together. Which is kind of ironic. <laughs> Gee, I wonder who could have seen that coming. I just I wonder why the doppelgangers are drawn together. I hope that will I hope they under they tell us about that. Hmm. Oh well. <laughs> anyway. Um at back at Whitmore College at the dorm room. Catherine packs her bags preparing to leave and Caroline tries to say like thank you and Catherine's like okay I killed you once we still hate each other calm the fuck down uh, I love I love that they still like hold that over each other <laughs> they have like a fun dynamic I think it really is because like you would think Caroline would hate Catherine but like at the end of the day Caroline has admitted she's better as a vampire yeah she went through such good character growth once she became a vampire. I like that yeah. she still sort of like goes through the motions of hating Catherine, but I think getting down to it, I don't think Caroline hates Catherine. She doesn't hate Catherine. She like she doesn't like her, but she understands her. Yeah, and I think they both have the same sort of like planning personality almost. Like sure, yeah. Catherine Caroline's more type A than Catherine is, but I like that they yeah. sort of like respect each other for being like the insane planners of the group. Yeah. I love that. I just, um, oh, they would have been such good friends. And Ow. Uh, Nadia appears and she's like, Catherine, your bag's packed. Let's, we're going to go back Nadia. to Prague. 
Um, I'd really <laughs> like it if you came with me. We can go to Bulgaria, retrace our lives. And Catherine oh. makes some like mean comment about like, I don't want to do like a mother-daughter bonding trip with you. I don't want to this know you. Hurts. And Caroline this looks back, hurts. she's like, Mother, daughter? She's your oh wow. Oh. <laughs> and then I love, I love by the way, in the transcript, it says Caroline goes back to pretending to give them privacy. <laughs> I mean, that's really what happens. She's just she, she turns around and she's this and it's like you both know she's a vampire and she obviously can hear you. And she's in the same room. Literally. <laughs> So Catherine takes her bag and storms off and Nadia just stands there sort of like shell-shocked. And Caroline's just there getting the, getting the best hot goss of her entire fucking life. I know, because now Caroline can go back and tell everyone. So uh, we have Catherine's daughter to worry about now. Um, but also at the same time, I kind of understand why Catherine is doing this. I she do doesn't too. want Nadia to have to deal with losing her mother again like to watch her mother die essentially yeah because Catherine's never had to face this before Catherine's never had to face death before and I it's also kind of weird that Catherine never I think Catherine did try to find her daughter or her baby she did yes she She did try to find that when Nadia would have been about eight she went back to Bulgaria and tried to find tried to find her but it didn't work out correct so she just kind of gave up hope at that point (laughs) hope yeah um but it's just it's oh it hurts it hurts it hurts because you know that like nadia wants that connection but Catherine doesn't because she knows what's going to happen next Catherine wants no connections whatsoever anymore she just wants to basically die alone which (laughs) this is honestly like my favorite arc of Catherine because we're seeing the human side of Catherine now and i love it it's a literal interesting human human the humans the literal human side of Catherine pierce yeah exactly i think it's really interesting i just love it and that's the end of the episode no no more trauma not not quite not quite not quite one more little bit of trauma uh, Stefan is in the woods burying Silas's body and he gets like flashbacks of when Silas revealed himself and locked Stefan in the <sighs> safe. He gets his memories of drowning over and over. He hears his last conversation with Elena and he eventually just sort of like collapses. Uh, and he just says, no, no, it's over. It's supposed to be over. <sighs> and that's the end so- of this episode. So Stefan has some PTSD that he's got to work with. Stefan has some shit to work through. And like, honestly, yeah. yeah. Deserved. I'm Not like happy. deserved, but like, yeah. I'm glad they're exploring this in the show, you know? Yeah, they're not, like, um, brushing over, like, everything that Stefan's gone through. They're not brushing over the fact that he spent months in a safe. You know what I just realized? This season, they really go through, like, Stefan, Elena, and Damon's trauma a lot this season. They really tried, I think, to like. They really kind of like went deep into their psyches a little bit more, which I'm not okay. Uh, mm, I just realized that. Oh no! And here's the thing: it still doesn't make the season any better. <laughs> Unfortunately, no, it, it's just, it's, it's, it makes it more interesting. 
it just makes it a bit more messy. But it I'm... makes it very messy because they Cheryl can't Nashi seem Bashi. to do it. They can't seem to do it tactfully, and they can't seem to do it without fucking giving some world-ending conflict for them. And they do that three yeah. times this season. It's like, okay, I get it. I get it. Anyway, Brian, scale of Hi. one to ten, what are you ranking this episode? Ooh, boy. Um, Here's the mm. thing. I think this episode was actually really good. Yeah. But... I'm like, I'm like trying to think, is it a ten for me, or is it a 9.5 like i'm like where am i hmm i think here's the thing that sucks about this episode is it's a very good episode it's yes. a really good season finale but it's also but it's episode a- seven <laughs> you know um, hmm. i mm-hmm. i want to say um i'm gonna go I'm going to go 10. I really You're enjoyed this episode. You're going to go episode. with the 10? Okay. I'm going to go okay. with the 10. Mainly because like it had all the things that I love in the show again. Mm-hmm. Like it just felt quintessential Vampire Diaries again. It was. Yeah, you're right. It felt very. This is TVD. Yeah. I'm going to give it a nine. Because I, I just can't forgive the fact that this is season. This is fucking episode seven. Like seriously. Episode I know. seven. Like it's just it's weird to me. Also, who's the MVP for this episode? Fuck. <laughs> we also, by the um, way, forgot to do this last time for a handle with care. We did. I realized that after we recorded and I was just like, hey, we're fine. Um so we'll have to pre we'll have to go back and give another um give another MVP. Is it kind of Nina Dobrev, the real person? Because playing three doppelgangers yeah. is really good. I also, I kind of want to give it to maybe just like Elena because she had really good stuff this episode. Or yeah, Stephen. and pardon me. Or Tessa. Tessa too. Because she won. Like, Tessa did just win. She basically got her win and everything. And I'm, oh. Um. I, I I don't know. Who who's your top two for MVP? Definitely Elena. Uh-huh. Or it's between Elena and Stefan for me. It's also yeah. I I lean towards Elena. Okay. I lean towards Elena in this episode. Yeah, because, because she was the one fighting to get everything to work. More. Yeah, yeah, she did more this episode. So I'm giving it to Elena this episode. Our preemptive or our post, sorry, our postmortem. Who was our postmortem MVP on 506 Handle with Care? <sighs> I feel like it was um, kind of Tessa. She caused a lot of problems on purpose that episode. She did. She locked them all in the cabin together. Yeah, I'm think I'm gonna say Tessa on that one. I'm gonna say Tessa as well. Okay, yeah, cool. I'm definitely gonna That's say Tessa. Probably gonna be her only MVP. That is literally gonna be her only MVP because she died this app. <laughs> that sucks. Next 
time on Afterbite, we're going to be looking at the originals, uh, season one, episode eight, The River in Reverse. <sighs> I love the episode titles of the originals. Oh my Same. God. The River I in love Reverse. It so much. Then after that, we have Raining Pain in New Orleans, The Casket Girls, Dance Back from the Grave. Oh. God, the so originals. Good. Why are you so good to us? We don't deserve you. <laughs> I can't That's wait. That's it for this time. Y'all, feel free to, if you want us to do like a book club, go to patreon.com slash afterbite. Literally, um, we have tiers as low as like $2. Toss us mere cents a month and we'll do a fucking book club for you. Yeah. You can find us on Twitter at afterbitepod or anywhere else. We're not really anywhere else. You can find us wherever fine podcasts are sold. Mm-hmm. Until that's next it. time, y'all, that's, that's it. it. I don't, we don't have like an outro anymore. Get vaccinated. I mean, get vaccinated. We did like stay safe, stay inside, wash your fucking hands, which I feel like still yeah. does could apply, you know? Uh, yeah, we're kind of back to that, but I don't think